Good afternoon and welcome to another episode of Stock Market Today by Investors Business Daily. It's September 25th, 2023, and I've got Ed Carson joining me. Uh, Allie is traveling right now, so we're going to have to try and see if we can muddle along without her. But uh, Ed, talk to me a little bit about some of the stocks you're going to cover today. I want to take a look at FedEx, Costco, and Lee Auto. Okay. Uh, a little bit of uh, a little bit of everything, a little retail, a little, uh, you know, kind of what's going on with the economy. But first, let's talk a little bit about what's going on with the markets. Um, after kind of a, a lackluster start, uh, things kind of picked up. But, you know, is this enough of a bounce to change anything? We'll see about that. Um, the S&P 500 was up four tenths of a percent. The NASDAQ up a little bit more, but about the same between four and five tenths of a percent. The Dow Jones Industrial was just up about a tenth of a percent. And the Russell 2000 up about four tenths of a percent. Um, one of the things that we were really looking at in a big way was the 10-year treasury, of course. Uh, a lot of eyes are on that and how that influences the market. But go ahead and give me your take uh, so far on what's happening here, uh, Ed. Yeah, I mean, it was nice to get a bounce. It was nice that we could finally uh, stop the bleeding, at least for a day. Know that the bulls are at least trying, you know, kind of situation. Uh, the NASDAQ undercut the lows today. Uh, that followed the S&P and the other indexes last week, but then came back. So today is day one of a rally attempt. And uh, that is doesn't mean a whole lot by itself. I mean, you can have really good days in a bad market, and it doesn't mean a whole lot. The best days in market history are in corrections and bear markets. So pretty modest gain. Uh, best you could say is it was nice that the market was able to rally despite surging treasury yields, which we'll get to, but uh, that was that was nice. But I, you know, we leaders need a lot of help. I mean, a lot of leading stocks look like this and that's not really in position for moving out. I mean, we're gonna look at a couple of stocks that are holding up pretty well, but there's really not that many. And, you know, even the ones that are sort of hanging on, you know, they probably need at least a few days. So if we keep on building momentum, uh, maybe later in the week or next week, we might see what we call a follow through day. And I will note that Friday we have the PC inflation data, which I think probably will get a lot of attention. Mm -hmm. So again, that follow through day, it's our signal that, you know, says maybe an uptrend is starting potentially. Um, and you know, this being day one of a rally attempt, uh, day four or later is what we usually look at. So yeah, certainly by Friday, we could be seeing that. Now, let's talk a little bit about this undercut because that August 18th low uh, was kind of a, a line in the sand for a lot of the indexes and the NASDAQ was kind of the last holdout. So is this enough of an undercut to shake people out or was it just kind of a, a test of that area? Um, how do you How do you view that? You know, I mean, it might be enough. I mean, we'll see. I mean, it's just sort of, look, if if we get inflation data and other things of the treasury yield plunge, I think we'll find that that was probably enough. Uh, yeah. But uh, I mean, it's just too soon to tell because we could, you know, all it would take is a little little knockdown. It wouldn't take much at all for us to be right back at lows. And today's tiny balance will we'll barely make any notice. I mean, look at it. We're nowhere even close to the 10-day line. Mm -hmm. uh, it's sort of, there's just so much for, for the indexes to do to really start feeling any kind of confidences that we have hit a bottom. I mean, maybe we have, but you don't want to be trying to make that guess. Yeah, right. Uh, especially, I mean, we're nowhere near uh, filling that gap in yet. I mean, there's there's a lot of, and I shouldn't say nowhere near, but there, there's a lot of uh, <laughs> a proof uh, before we you know get to get back to kind of uptrend status. Yeah. Um, now let's go ahead and take a look at the S&P 500. And of course this did undercut its August 18th low. Um, 
you know, last week, uh, this kind of, you know, is, is, you know, putting a line in the sand, hopefully today, uh, it, it could be going, but let's talk a little bit about this breadth issue that you alluded to, because really, uh, as you mentioned, a lot of the stocks look even worse than the indexes. Um, I mean, if you look at RSP, for instance, we were noting how the equal weighted S&P 500 fell below its 200 day moving average line, whereas the S&P 500 was, you know, you know, still holding, um, you know, right around its, its 50 day moving average line. So a very different look when you kind of take out the market cap weighting um, and, and what that does for it. So do, do we really have to kind of see this index improve the, the equal weighted? I think you'd want to because, I mean, we've had, you can have narrow rallies. Obviously, we've had it pretty much all year. I mean, for, for the most part, I mean, even the rallies that have been broad have been pretty short lived. Uh, but yeah, you'd really want to see RSP. You'd want to see the Russell 2000 uh, pick up some steam because that one's way below the tuna day yeah. line as well. Uh, because, you know, so you'd want to see those get up there. So if we're going to have a rally, you're going to need to see at least the breadth improve somewhat, even if they don't keep pace with the major indexes, the, 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 uh, the, with the mega caps or, or certain leaders, you at least want to see them making some progress. And we just haven't uh, mm -hmm. for quite a while. Yeah, the indexes look bad, but you look underneath below the major indexes and it's a lot worse. <laughs> That's right, exactly. So uh, just while we're on the topic of breadth, of course, we don't want to leave out that, that big index, the Dow Jones Industrial Average. Maybe not uh, really talking about breadth here since it's only 30 stocks and they are price weighted. But anything to glean from this one, 34,000 seems like a level that's kind of important here. Yeah, 34,000, and it found support at the 200-day line. I mean, so there's a lot of things. It undercut. It's trying to hold so, somewhere near there, uh, the 200-day line, getting back to this 34,000 level, uh, which I think it, it basically did at the close. It, it closed right at 64,000 and a few points. So, yeah, this is a key area for uh, – there's a lot of things. I mean, we you know, if we start breaking down some more – uh, you know, where's the next support levels on a lot of these things? There's not necessarily uh, that many obvious uh, places for this to hold uh, until you get, like, say, down below 33,000. Right. And I don't think we'd want to see that. Mm -hmm. So let's go ahead and end this uh, kind of overview with a little look at the uh, 10-year Treasury yield. Uh, zero TNX is what we look at on MarketSmith. And this thing, I mean, this looks almost like a growth stock, right? Uh, but, of course, it's having quite the effect, the opposite effect on growth stocks. Yeah, I mean, because you, you discount the, the future earnings based on interest rates, and interest rates have been soaring lately. Uh, really amazing. And now this was all on the long end. I mean, if you go to the two-year yield or the T-bills, like the like the three-month, the six-month, they weren't doing anything at all today. So a lot of this is maybe uh, the Fed is unloading a lot of treasuries. There's expectations that we won't go into recession. So this isn't about inflation fears. This isn't about uh, the Fed raising rates. This is about maybe a stronger economy, you know, and, you know, other things like that, which in some ways is positive. It would be nice to have the yield curve not inverted anymore, but right. uh, this is, uh, and maybe if the yield can pause at 4.5 or 4.75 or wherever it stops, uh, the stocks can eventually adjust to that, but it's, it's a pretty big rise. That's a lot to deal with. Mm -hmm. Is the government shutdown uh, prospects uh, something that's influencing here? Yeah, that's probably something out there. I mean, it can't be helping that. Uh, of course, where's the safe haven? The funny thing is, if we go into shutdown, it's it's not impossible <laughs> that we could see treasuries rally 
uh-huh. in the bizarro world of a U.S. government shutdown. <laughs> right. uh, because where else do you go uh, in, in this world? But yeah, that's that's just one more uncertainty that's hitting the bond market. Mm-hmm. And what about the dollar? The dollar is also looking uh, very strong. If you take a look at UUP, which is uh, an Invesco ETF that kind of tracks the the movement of the dollar, uh, that's been another big riser. Yeah, really big move. Obviously, it's very you know coincides a lot with the ten-year Treasury yield and also the weakness overseas. And so this is this is going to be a weight on earnings. I mean, maybe not year over year because yeah, the the average of Q3 is probably going to look by the average of you know Q3 2022 or, or some such. But uh, it's nowhere near the easy comparison that we had in in Q2 or in Q1. So that's something else that's going to weigh on on earnings uh, for all these big multinationals out there. Let's talk stocks. And we're going to start out with FedEx, which just had earnings last week. Uh, nice gap up. Uh, very, very tight base here. Only 9% depth for this flat base. Um, what is it that's attractive about this one to you? Well, one, it's going up. I'll tell you yeah. what, that, that doesn't hurt. Just being above right? the 50-day line, right? That's, that's, a, right, that's yeah. a win. <laughs> that's, it's, getting above, it's above the 50-day line. You know, it's having some gains on volume. Uh, earnings are out of the way. And obviously, it doesn't take too much. Uh, you know, the relative strength line has basically gone vertical. Yeah, we had some nice gains, but that was now we have the RS line at a two-year high, so we're seeing a blue dot even before the stock has hit a new high. So that's very bullish. Shows you the strength there. Uh, it flirted with this sort of an. You could probably use this as an early entry. Uh, it sort of flirted with that, but uh, not much of an early entry. But it would be something. Yeah. So it's. And uh, the earnings have turned around a little bit. Uh, after four quarters of declines, we saw earnings pick up. Now, obviously, the comparisons are, are easier. But uh, now we have sort of looking at now with, you know, 2024 and 2025, you know, some solid growth for the next couple of years. Uh, so a lot of things to, to like about this name. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of times we, when we're looking at the fundamentals, we really kind of have higher standards. We want to see a number of quarters of growth. Um, but this looks more like a turnaround. So how do yeah. you handle those a little bit differently? I mean, you just have to, that happens sometimes. You've seen it with some names like Shopify and some others. Sometimes there's things that are different. I'm not sure all the things are happening. Even some of this Nvidia, is just, you know, Nvidia. So <laughs> yeah. you don't want to ignore it. And so sometimes that can happen. Obviously, easier comparisons are are helping. I mean, that's a big reason because, you know, when, look at the big drop off here. So, but nice to see this turning around. So, yeah, it. I think you can still see it that way. You can sort of see the path that earnings are in there. And I think the market can say, hey, that's probably going to have, it's pretty clear that they're going to have decent profit growth uh, for the next few quarters. So, I think you can uh, still treat them. It's nice when you have that long history, but uh, in some ways, it can be nice to have a turnaround because the market may not have fully priced it in. They may not have fully, hey, this is actually a growth, not a growth, but it's growing again mm-hmm. in a way that uh, hadn't been for a while. Yeah. So, and of course, a lot of people will take a look at, you know, how is FedEx doing, you know, because they're moving things around and kind of use that as a gauge of, an, of the economy. Um, and in the same way, sometimes Costco in terms of that consumer uh, consumer buying. And of course, Costco also has earnings coming up. Uh, I don't know that they're out yet. Um, is that they're tomorrow night? They're tomorrow, tomorrow night. night. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I wasn't sure. I saw the EPS due in one day, and I wasn't. I couldn't remember if that was today or tomorrow. So, uh, <laughs> a lot of retail has been. I mean, if you just look at XRT, uh, the the retail sector spider ETF. I mean, that's been down in the dumps. But Costco and select retailers 
look very different, um, especially this one because you've got this longer base, deeper base, and it's tightened up a little bit more recently. So is that earnings uh, a potential catalyst here? Yeah, absolutely. It could be a catalyst. Uh, we don't know which way yet. Uh, but yeah, I like that <laughs> short base next to the long one because sometimes it's like, well, it just got up there. You know, at that point, how much more does it have to go? And it, and it did pause. Sometimes they will go or sometimes it'll go up a little way and pause. But often this is the safer way to go instead of going for that deep consolidation. Uh, relative strength line is basically at highs. Uh, this might actually, um, so that that's, that's a positive. It's finding support on the 21-day line very it's a seven percent deep base so it's v-shaped but it's v-shaped with really much of nothing uh we know what the sales are and so we know that sales are going to start picking up again at least for this quarter so they give out monthly sales so we know that sales after decelerating for several quarters should pick up uh costco is one of a handful of discounters that's doing well even the discount space isn't necessarily all doing well but this is one of the ones that's doing well it's sort of defensive growth that you can you know that feel confident that probably even if the economy is not great, even if other things are slowing down, that this one should be able to leave, deliver at least decent growth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, my, my wife was telling me something about like, uh, I guess Costco looks at the consumption or I, the buying of beef. And that was kind of like a, a recession fear that if, you know, people aren't buying beef as much, then that mm -hmm. might be, uh, you know, bad for bad for the economy and, and signal a recession coming. So we'll definitely be interested in seeing what kind of numbers Costco comes out and if they give any any guidance going forward. Um, Lee Otto, uh, I mean, this just brings up the kind of China uh, issue. I mean, China has, uh, I mean, this was one of the stocks that bucked kind of the Chinese weakness earlier in the year. It just kind of said, you know, I, I don't care. The autos were just doing great. But when it started coming down, it just now seems like it's not stopping. Yeah, and obviously there's a lot of momentum. You look at these numbers, these fundamentals. I mean, that's just tremendous growth. And it's turning profitable. It's sort of like that turn into profitability. It's really becoming in there. Uh, but yeah, there's now some seems to be chatter that it's now having to discount because this one avoided the EV price war all year round. I mean, like Tesla and everybody else cutting prices a lot and Leano did not have. And so you can start, you can just imagine scenarios like, boy, their sales are going up and they're actually, they were bursting to capacity. They couldn't sell anymore and they didn't have to cut prices and seriously, boy, they're going to have a new plant soon. And, you know, you can start imagining, oh, this could go to the sky's the limit. They could go to 60,000 a month, hundred. And it's like, not saying that's reasonable, but you could start imagining that in your head. And it's like, oh, they're discounts. Like, oh, wait a second. Maybe their demand's capped. Maybe that growth is, it can very quickly switch uh, in something like that. And that seems to have what happened. I guess I'd also like to say is like, you know, I think you were talking about IVD Live about it. This hadn't gotten above the 50-day line. It made a move on mm -hmm. Friday. It was interesting. We were watching it. But I think sometimes we look for early entries, and you probably could have bought something here or maybe here. But the worst time to buy is just before it gets to a buy point because it might hit <laughs> resistance there. You're not saving much. You're not really getting that much of a discount. Mm -hmm. But you you're you've got a lot of risk and that's what happened here it never paid off and and now i mean obviously i don't think anybody expected this uh but yeah that's really disappointing this may take all of a sudden now a lot of time to repair right and it's those lower highs that's kind of bothersome um and you, you've drawn a great line there that does seem to be containing the move right now so yeah as you said uh, a lot of times we all want to get the lowest price i mean that's you know USA, that's kind of what we're built on. Um, but, you know, the, the, the lowest price isn't always the best price. If you can kind of raise your odds a little bit by paying a little bit more, 
that might be worth waiting uh, for some of these. Uh, just getting a little bit more strength before you kind of pull the trigger on that. And that's true of the market as well. You know, the, the, the market indicators, the breadth. Um, so I, I guess that's kind of a, a closing statement. Um, what do you have to add to that? You know, just in terms of what investors should be looking for and how they should be navigating this, um, this, this pullback and correction. Yeah, I think that's where it sort of bleak goes into the fall through day. It's like we try to go for a pre we want to get into rallies early, but you don't want to try to guess on the first moment, the first uptick, because often we go right back down uh, with right that. So just waiting a few days and just to see if you can get that really nice push a few days into a rally attempt. It's like that raises the odds quite a bit. Yeah, you didn't get to the absolute low, you know, but but the odds are just so much better. And so wait for that you know like one of the good news is that the, i guess the bright side is that the, that there's so many stocks that are damaged that it's not like there's going to be that much you could buy you know tuesday or wednesday you know or something like that. we need to you know uh, you need to see more repair time to see if some of these stocks can come back and really really move out so i think just being patient building those watch lists it could turn in a few days but it might be a few weeks it might be a few months and just wait for real evidence that we have turned again yeah. And for a while there, we were complaining about how things looked extended. Well, we don't have to complain about that right now. No. So uh, <laughs> definitely more potential for setups. Uh, thanks, as always, for all of your insights, Ed. And of course, uh, for those of you that like what you're watching, uh, we actually come on board every morning, 10 minutes before the market open at 620 Pacific time. And that is for IBD Live. Tomorrow, of course, we have our regular occurring guest, David Ryan, three-time U.S. champion and former protege of IBD founder, William O'Neill. Uh, he's on the show every Tuesday uh, going through what's uh, what's on his radar. He was very early on the whole oil and gas trade and also made a pretty bold call earlier this year that he thought our highs were, were put in and we weren't going to see highs for the rest of the year. So uh, tune in tomorrow at www.investors.com slash IBD Live for more on the IBD Live show. And that'll wrap it up for us today. Thanks a lot for watching. We'll see you next time. This show is for informational and educational purposes only, and nothing should be construed as a recommendation to buy, hold, or sell any securities. Any securities and investment strategies discussed may not be suitable for all investors. Make sure to consider consulting with your financial advisor before making investment decisions.